0: You are listening to the Broken Vermont Podcast, brought to you by Erin Shaw of the Vermont Professionals of Color Network and Jennifer Byrne of the White River Natural Resources Conservation District. On each podcast, we deep dive on a topic of interest, share relevant resources relating to funding and public participation opportunities, and discuss ideas on how to fix the broken things.
1: All right. Welcome to the Broken Vermont podcast. It is Aaron and Jen, Jen and Aaron. And we have a special guest today. Um, it is Susan Culp, who is running for the Newberry Select Board. So welcome, Susan.
2: Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you for here. having me on the podcast.
1: Yeah, we're excited. It was good to meet yeah. you a couple of weeks ago. Yes. I'm glad we were
0: doing this. You're our first candidate. Oh, exciting.
2: Yeah, (laughs) very exciting. The very first, yeah. Terrific. Well, I'm glad to be here. Again, you know, my name is Susan Kulp. My husband and I moved to Newbury in, well, we built our forever house in 2018, 2019. I moved here permanently. And um, once I got here, I started getting involved in community work one of the things I started doing was volunteering for Tucker Mountain Town Forest um, and doing some work like that. And it was just really a, a great way for me to contribute my skills and experience to make a contribution to the community. And, you know, we, I worked with local community members to start Friends of Tucker Mountain, which is a nonprofit organization that raises funds to support recreation and educational resources on Tucker Mountain. And, you know, I have a background in land use planning. My master's is in public administration and policy. And, you know, I have a lot of experience, you know, doing grant writing and funding public projects. And, um, you know, later I was asked to join the Newbury Planning Commission, given that I had a land use planning background, and I helped them work on revising their town plan. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, I learned that there was a vacancy coming up on the Newbury Select Board, so I saw a new way to contribute to the community by running for this seat.
0: Nice. Where, where was home before here?
2: Um, I lived in um, Arizona for a little over 20 years, and I grew up in South Dakota, Um, Mm. so I'm familiar with rural areas (laughs) and challenges with rural areas, and
1: yeah. So how do you plan to address the unique challenges faced in Newberry, considering its distinct character and needs? Specifically, what initiatives or policies do you propose to support local businesses, agriculture, and community development in a way that preserves the town's identity?
2: Yeah, great question. Um, You know, as you know, we do have some unique challenges in Newbury. Um, We have an aging demographic. The census report shows over the last 10 years, we've had a large increase in the proportion of residents that are 55 years and older. Um, it's a small population. We have about 2,200 people in Newbury, but it's also a large geography. And so um, that means a pretty small tax base in order to provide the services and infrastructure yeah. we need to serve the residents of the town. And, you know, we also have some challenges with, you know, infrastructure, you know, our water systems, sewer systems, you know, that are really very close to their capacity, if not already at them. And the cost of maintaining our current infrastructure is really high. Um, we have over a hundred miles of dirt roads in Newbury and under changing climate conditions, you know, which I hope we can talk about more later. We're looking at having, you know, maybe five or six or even more mud seasons per year which you know really has an impact and it takes more time and energy and materials to maintain those roads so that people can have mobility and get to work and get their kids to school.
0: Five mud seasons. Oh, I, know. I know. I haven't <laughs> heard it put in terms of mud seasons. Like yeah. no don't do
2: that.
0: It just keeps thawing.
2: Yeah, these freeze-thaw cycles. I mean, they're really hard on the roads. You know, people are not able to, you know, get home from work or Mm -hmm. get out to work from their homes and, you know, vehicles stuck. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it, it really is an issue that we need to be thinking about long term. And, you know, I think there's a recognition in Newbury that we also need to be attracting young people, young families to the area. And some of our big challenges in doing that is housing availability and affordability. That's an issue throughout Vermont, but it's it's an issue in Newbury, too. And, you know, lack of employment, locally based employment in Newbury. You know, most of our most of the folks who work in Newbury, they commute outside of the area to get to their jobs. Um, average commute time is about a half an hour. Mm-hmm. And you know, that creates costs in itself, you know, costs in people's time and quality of life, costs of fuel, costs of carbon emissions, you know, from all the vehicular traffic. Mm-hmm. So so we definitely have our share of challenges and that's kind of a 30,000 30, foot view of some <laughs> of them. And, you know, I think um, one of the things I really want to focus on in order to meet those challenges are You know, looking at economic development that really fits with the rural character and the small town nature of the community and um, working on bringing additional resources beyond the small tax base that we have to address these infrastructure needs, quality of life needs, and to support local businesses in order to meet the needs of the residents and make sure our infrastructure and built environment are climate resilient and sustainable. Those are really important I think we need to you know bring in additional outside resources, make sure we get our fair share of state funding, federal funding, um, look at grants and even foundation resources to support the needs of the community. Mm-hmm. I also really want to look at fresh ways to support and attract businesses through um, providing resources for startups, support for expansion and tech upgrades one of the big barriers for local businesses and for people who are interested in pursuing home-based businesses is the availability of broadband mm-hmm. and internet connectivity mm-hmm. in Newbury that's that's been a huge issue and you know i understand we we're, we're right on the verge of getting those resources into the community but you know that could be a real big game changer for us in being able to bring businesses in But, you know, there are also, you know, other ways we can do that. Um, I was a part of a a webinar about the HUD program and the funds that are coming into Vermont. We are going to be getting about $11 million in Vermont in HUD resources, and $7.3 million of those are going to be available as community development block grants. And that's money that's provided to local governments to support things like affordable housing, like rural businesses, helping with job creation and job retention, and for public facilities and community services. And those are all things we really need in Newbury. And so I want to I want to be there if I'm elected to this office. I want to be there to say, here's our bucket for Newbury. That down. Fill her up. Yeah. <laughs> we have some needs here. Definitely.
1: I hear you talk about broadband. Do you have fiber? Is fiber in Newberry or is it consolidated?
2: Um, Right now, I think it's fiber that is going in. We don't currently have it everywhere, Mm -hmm. Um, but I know that um, reports from members of the community say that they are putting in the lines, and so hopefully that will happen soon. Um, A lot of people... You know, just have older systems that are not as reliable. Um, at my house, we're really fortunate. We have a wireless system because we can get line of sight to the Rygate Tower. But, you know, mm-hmm. for uh, given the geography of the community, that's not an option for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm not that familiar with Newberry. Um, and I don't know if Jen is either. But how many businesses, um,
2: like brick and mortar businesses, are in Newberry? My goodness, I don't know if I have an exact number because it changes, but um, I think we do have vacancies in some of our village cores that could okay. be filled and, you know, it would be great to see those opportunities, you know, materialize and, and for businesses to locate there and fill up some of those spaces, so.
1: Okay, so question number two. Um, given the limited resources, how do you prioritize and allocate funds to ensure essential services are maintained while addressing the evolving needs of the community?
2: Right. Again, here is where I think we really need to grow that pot. I mean, we really have a limited tax base and a lot of need. And, you know, we can only do so much with what we are bringing in from property taxes. And so, Um, I'd like to look at ways we can leverage those funds to bring in more resources. And then once we do that and are able to start investing in the community, um, it's my belief that the rest will follow That you know, more people, more young families will be able to locate in Newbury, you know, entrepreneurs will be able to start up their businesses and have the resources they need. Um, It'd be like priming the pump for more prosperity in the community and, I'd also like to see, you know, town employees and volunteers, especially the firefighters and the EMT folks, um, be able to get competitive compensation for their for the services they provide for the town. I mean, right now, recruitment for especially volunteer based um, services like that is really tough. Volunteerism in general is on the decline So we need to really be thinking about how we're going to bring people in to provide those essential services that people depend on. And, you know, whether that means providing compensation in line with what other towns are providing, with what other employers are providing, and making sure that volunteers feel valued for the contributions that they make. You know, all that needs a hard look, in my view. Yeah, that's a tough one.
0: Well, we heard about the recovery efforts in Bradford. And how much of that falls onto volunteers. Yeah. Um, And yeah, there's such a, like a dependency on the community response, Mm -hmm. but there's really
2: not a lot of compensation for what it takes. Right. Right. And it's a lot of time spent for them to train, to be able to, you know, respond to these incidents. They need to get time off from their jobs in order to answer an emergency call and, so you need to have understanding employers and, you know, a lot goes into being able to provide those services that people's lives depend on.
0: Yeah, I think it's smart to to really think strategically about how to bring in federal money. And I wonder how much, you know, all the towns, it's just such a capacity issue mm-hmm. to actually pull that money in. But in yeah. theory, it's available. Yeah, <laughs> it <is. laughs> in theory. How do you access it? Yeah, where, where yeah, yeah. Find
1: it. Mm-hmm what well, yeah. I spend most of my day doing
2: so having yeah. grant writing skills that's mm-hmm. a big one yeah being resourceful knowing where to look yeah. um grant writing is kind of an art and so mm-hmm. you know that's one thing that I think it can really bring to the community and you know would like to see others work on developing those skills in our community so that True. we can continue to do that you know beyond my involvement if I should True. be elected
1: how many seats are on the Newberry Select Board?
2: There are three, three. Okay. which is pretty common for rural towns. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. But it's a small body. It's not yeah. a lot of people <laughs> to it. do a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that's where
1: volunteers, tight. you also rely on them a lot too. Just, mm-hmm. you know, me and Jen sing the praises all the time. And you have to pay the community members to do the work. Yeah. I saw that a lot during flood relief of how the community just, you know, they, they did a lot of outreach and support and they did it just because they cared and they wanted to see, you know, their community in a better you know situation. Um, and so really getting that federal and state money down to the folks who are doing the work and putting the plans together, I think that's the biggest key that we're not seeing right now.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And Aaron and I went and a few other community partners – have applied for this FEMA grant <laughs> two years ago. Yeah. Oh, wow. um, yeah. And they keep saying that it's maybe going to happen, but they're not sure yet. So we're just sort of on the hook for this FEMA money, but it really, it's more about that like community effort. And, you know, we budgeted to pay like, I don't know, hundred people, like 10 mm-hmm. people in each town or something like that to do that kind of planning work and the response work and, you know, just compensating people for their time. Yeah, <laughs> and that it takes to to really be a, like a functioning community. So you know that that included Newberry. and yeah. um, we're still hopeful that that money comes through. So there might be some FEMA money. For, for Newberry. That's hey, good at news. At some point. At some point. We'll reach out Maybe to the Maybe in two more board. years. Yeah. <laughs> that now they're like, the file's corrupted. And I know. I'm like, what oh, does that goodness. even mean? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, it's uh, the federal government being the federal government. Their response is what's corrupted. Like, it's not our files. Their files. Oh, I'm
1: not, yeah, not good, today. No, okay, not today. <laughs> not, not, not today. I can go down a
2: rabbit hole. <laughs> we won't do that so, today. <laughs> yeah, federal, we,
0: you, we need people on the federal money for sure. Mm, yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah, it's challenging. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: So I'll ask the third question and then, you know, we can just talk freely, um, just so you know, questions that people may want to know if you want to say something else. But this third question is, um, Vermont is known for its commitment to environmental conservation. How do you plans to balance economic development with environmental sustainability in Newberry?
2: Right, yeah. Um, so I serve on the Newbury Planning Commission. And as I said before, we just went through our town plan revision process. And, um, you know, This is an issue we discussed a lot, you know, when we were revising the town plan. And it's a thing that came up in the series of community forums that we had in various locations throughout Newbury as part of the process. And what we are trying to do through the planning process is to make sure that the majority of development gets directed towards these village cores and these hamlet areas and, you know, protecting the conservation districts and the rural areas from more intensive development. Because we want to make sure that those areas are able to continue providing all the environmental and resource benefits that they provide. I mean, to me, it's really important to have local food production. It's important to support forestry and timber and wood products that come from forestry. And those are important to the economy of, of Newbury and to protecting the ecological function of the landscape, the wildlife, and the scenic beauty. And, you know, that's one of the great things that Newbury does have going for it um, with Tucker Mountain Town Forest and the recreational trails and the resources that we've been building there and the Cross Vermont Trail potentially coming in and connecting Wells River to other regional trail systems I think it creates a real opportunity to have recreation-based businesses mm-hmm. and enterprises, all while preserving that natural environment that we value so much. And I think it's really important to balance those interests so that those opportunities can come into Newbury.
1: And if you have not hiked Tucker Mountain, oh, yeah. you have mm-hmm. to. <laughs> it's beautiful. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. a must. I did get
0: lost uh-oh. So there are lots of signs. We <laughs> misinterpreted a sign, but it was lovely. It was lovely. Oh. We, yeah. we got lost, but we got back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We just, you don't we turn, really ever get left. lost. Lost. It yeah. We turned left and said it right. And added like three miles. Beautiful though, yeah. and all the educational yeah. signs. Like there's good walks mm-hmm. for kids and mm-hmm. the mountain. There's a lot of different options for trails. Right. Yeah. So we just pretty.
2: installed a story walk trail mm-hmm. at Tucker Mountain for yeah. children and families, and so that's yes. been a great resource and a lot of kids have gone out there with their parents and enjoyed that so mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. and like 360 view from the top yes right.
2: yeah white mountains presidentials mm-hmm. you know all the way around yeah, yeah. it's yeah. pretty stunning it's special
0: so i have a question so you used the phrase conservation district and this is a really interesting bit of a conundrum i, I I work for a conservation district, Mm -hmm. um, but the way you're using the phrase is in terms of zoning. Correct. So this is part of why everyone's confused (laughs) or doesn't know what a conservation district is because it's actually two different things. It is. I work for a subdivision of state government that covers 23 towns and is technically a municipality, the the Natural Resource Conservation District. Can you
2: explain what a conservation district, is within zoning laws and town zoning a little bit? Sure, sure. So it's an area that's identified in the town plan as um, the zone that's appropriate for, you know, very low-density residential, um, but primarily for agricultural, forestry, and natural resource use. So these are... um, Designed to be very large lots, you know, when you develop them, so that it keeps it low density and so that you are preserving the majority of the landscape in the zone for um, agriculture, forestry, and natural amenities. So, so
0: what's the difference between that and a conservation easement? And so, why would you?
2: Yeah, you know, a conserv. Yeah, a con- well. Um, a zone is basically an area on the map that is for a specific type of land use. Mm-hmm. Um, a conservation easement is a arrangement where you're looking at severing development rights from a particular parcel and preserving it in perpetuity. in some cases. some some easements are um, have a time limit on them. Um, But you're preserving it um, in its natural state, you know, so that you can't build a subdivision on it or you can't do any other kind of intensive development. But you're preserving it for either its agricultural nature because there are agricultural conservation easements or you're preserving it for its, you know, natural, you know, ecological you know, conservation value um, as a part of that easement. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's um, a legal agreement rather than a zone, on a map. So is it
0: true then to say an easement is attached to the deed of a property, whereas a zone, it could be set by the town and could cover multiple property. It could go across property. Lines, right? Yeah, that's
2: correct. Okay, Okay. that's correct. Okay, so
1: one question that I have, Jane and I have been working with Chief Shirley. She is Abenaki. The classic of the classic. Yeah, Yeah. and so, you know, Newberry was their home. Mm -hmm. And so she they were looking for land, you know, so they can grow food, forage. Where do you see that vision happening with the Newberry Select Board, either gifting them land or just you know, finding them land that they can do, you know, what they used to.
2: Yeah. You know, I have not had those conversations, although I will say that, um, Tucker Mountain Town Forest Management Committee, the, our chair has had conversations with the chief and, um, you know, we've discussed doing educational programs and inviting them to Tucker Mountain Town Forest to, you know, have events and, you know, be a part of what's happening on Tucker Mountain. Um, as to commitments on the part of the select board, I, I would have to have those conversations first. So Yeah, it'd be really nice to get them some land. They deserve it. They, yeah. <laughs> in my opinion, they do. Yeah,
0: yeah. They have like you know specific needs too in terms of like proximity to other farms, just in terms of cross pollination of their corn. That's what's really important is that they're right. able to produce their native crops mm-hmm. and not be you know wind pollinated by other types of corn. So that's the trick. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's so we have a lot trick. of corn in Vermont. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: so if someone wanted to know more about you, how how would they go
2: about? Do you have a website, social media? Um, I'm on Facebook. Um, I have a campaign email and I welcome people to contact me and ask me questions. I'm happy to have a conversation with anybody. and so sure. we yeah. can link the email do you want to say it and then we can put it in the description sure it's um Susan Culp for Newbury all spelled out at gmail.com
0: I I got another question and you can go into as much detail as you want but one of the issues I know that's arisen in Newbury I believe on a conservation district parcel I believe is this youth detention center
1: right. um,
0: have you been in conversations around that do you know like the current status or can you maybe describe what What's going on with that?
2: Sure, sure. Happy to. And yeah, I mean, this is something that affected the whole town. A lot of members of the community came together to, you know, figure out what we were going to do on this. Um, The latest news is that in January, the Vermont Supreme Court decided in favor of the state in calling this detention grade facility a group home for the mentally disabled Obviously, that was extremely disappointing. Um, you know, the Newbury Development Review Board rejected the permit for this facility because there were not adequate facilities or adequate infrastructure and services to serve a facility of this nature in a remote area of the conservation district. And, um, you know, so they said, well, it's actually a group home for the mentally disabled, so zoning doesn't apply, so you can't say no. And, you know, we were involved in that legal struggle all the way up to the Supreme Court. Um, There was a dissent in the Supreme Court's legal opinion, which in my view, I believe that was the correct take, Mm. but, um, you know, really calling out some of the of the, you know, issues raised in this case. Um, Sadly, that wasn't the view that prevailed. But one of the big problems I saw with the decision is that it sets this precedent that could conflate mental health and mental disability with criminal conduct. And I think that's really troubling, Um, You know, the evidence really shows that individuals with mental disabilities are more likely to be victims of crime than to commit crime. And so now is Vermont saying that if you commit a crime, you are de facto mentally disabled. And I think that's really stigmatizing. And I think Vermont has landed in a very strange place on this issue. These are also children. Yeah.
0: Yeah, right. like, yeah, children. Yeah,
2: these are children, um, and under, it's a boy. It's, it's a boys' it's, group home. Yeah, it's for males only. Um, you know, the other problem is that apparently now, under zoning, just about anything can qualify as a group home, quote unquote, hmm. and be completely unregulated by land use laws and. You know, the purpose of local government and land use laws is to ensure that facilities are sited in appropriate locations and that they have the adequate public services and infrastructure to support them, you know, for the good of those who are in those facilities as well as the community at large.
0: Like if something happened, they needed an ambulance, they needed police, Mm -hmm. anything like that. Yeah. They're on a pretty remote dirt road and doesn't have a large police force, I would imagine. Was there one...
2: Um, No, we do not have a law enforcement department. I mean, we had been relying on Orange County Sheriff's Department for law enforcement. And, you know, given the, you know, issues with Orange County Sheriff's Department now, you know, that's not really an option you know, we're also, we're pretty far away from medical facilities, from psychiatric resources that these youth may need. Um, You know, they're going to be in a remote wooded area in the hands of a private corporation, far away from their families, far away from their support systems. You know, it really is not, not a good place for a facility of this nature. So, so yeah, that's, That's really been a struggle. I don't know what is going to come down the pike now. Um, From the conversations we've been hearing in the state legislature, DCF seems to be maybe moving away from this idea of having an architecturally hardened, quote unquote, secure facility there. But they still want to have some kind of facility there, maybe. And they say they're going to Talk with the community about what their plans are. None of those conversations have taken place so far. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. Yeah, I just Googled um,
1: what is a group home in the US. Um, and it says group homes are located within neighborhoods to provide an authentic experience. Um, the, these living arrangements can house mentally disabled individuals, physically disabled individuals, or juvenile offenders. The residents of the group home receive services such as job training, support, and therapy. Mm-hmm. So I just wonder how much job, job training, training, support, <laughs> support and, and therapy, therapy they're going to be getting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Right, right. Okay. Yeah. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. And so I imagine that was it costly for the town. Like, it must have cost resources to appeal this all the way up to the Supreme Court of Vermont.
2: Right, yeah, and the town really had no choice. I mean, the Development Review Board said, no, this is not an appropriate facility in this location. And the state and um, Vermont Permanency and Beckett Family of Services and their subsidiary, Vermont um, Permanency Institute, was the one that sued the town in order to force this facility into the community. Wow. So, So private... Company, So too. a private company and the state um, brought this lawsuit against the town to force us to have this facility in a remote, underserved location. Mm-hmm.
1: No hospital, no police force. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Is there a yeah. grocery store nearby? No. I mean, unless P&H has, like, a very Good small market. Small market, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. But, um, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, really... An inappropriate location yeah. and so Good word for it.
0: It's, it seems inappropriate.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: I
0: mean, with five to six mud seasons, mm-hmm. you know, per year. I've, I mean, we've been on the road. We know the neighbor is there, and yeah, mm-hmm. it's 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 very remote, right? Mud and road.
2: Even in the last month or two, you know, over this winter, that road has been impassable. You know, even for the folks who live there. You know, just imagine some if something time. were to happen. Right? How. Yeah.
1: How would anyone get there? Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seems intentional. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah, inappropriate and intentional. Mm-hmm. Those are the two words for that.
0: Mm-hmm. And it's
1: it's really sad that the state sided with with this, especially just with the history of the state in detention centers for youth.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that was, yeah, that was another really disturbing thing about this. I mean, you know, we're looking at privatizing youth detention, youth services in this way, you know, at a time when most other places in the U.S. are moving away from that model because it's costly and, you know, the potential for abuse is so great when you have these privatized systems that are, not accountable, not transparent, don't have adequate oversight. I mean, hiding you know, in the hills, hiding in the hills Who's in the woods. Know. Yeah.
0: And a lot
1: of these kids were probably going to be out of state mm-hmm. children. Mm-hmm. So, it's just really Our, weird for a state that like prides itself on restorative justice <clears throat> to say this is okay. Where is the restorative justice in youth detention centers in rural Vermont?
0: And so the conservation district on that in that zone, is it specifically agricultural? Or is it it's, more natural resource
2: based? Yeah. Um, in this area, it's the conservation district in general in Newbury is intended for agricultural forestry and extremely low density residential mm-hmm. uses. So working land mm-hmm. right. use.
0: Not for everyone apparently. Mm. Yeah, that's disturbing. So what's the next step then for the town? It's just you know, wait and see if they decide to move.
2: Right. And, you know, I still I'm continuing to cling to hope that, you know, the state officials can be persuaded that this really is an inappropriate location, that, you know, moving towards this privatized model is not the right move for Vermont. This is not the direction we should be going in. And so, you know, I think we're going to have to rely on those powers of persuasion with this legal precedent now, which is very sad. When is voting day? March 5th, town meeting day. That's Mm -hmm. when we're going to get together and select our next town officials. How do you feel? Um, Good, good. I mean, it's a little exciting because this is, I think, the first contested select board race that we've had in a number of years. So, you know, there's two of us running for the seat. And so there's a bit of a campaign going on. (laughs) Uh So that's got some energy around it. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) That's great. Yeah. I know the folks who knew beer are like, yay, we have, you know,
0: a choice. <laughs> yeah. I know there are options. <laughs> We've never had this before. That's <laughs> nice. It's been a long good, time. Good for yeah. You. For our non-Vermont listeners, can you talk a little bit about town meeting and that process?
2: Sure, cool. sure. It's it's this great tradition that Vermont has where the members of the community get together on, I think it's the first Tuesday of March and You know, we discuss issues pertinent to the town, um, the budget, um, any other articles or issues that have been brought forward from the citizenry, and, you know, have a civil dialogue about, you know, decisions for the town and select town leadership. So um, it's direct democracy, democracy with a little d, and, you know, it's a really great thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Vermonters and New Hampshire— and I'm sure a few other
0: New England states that I don't know of have Town Meeting Day. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, It's a New England thing. It's a New England yeah. thing. Yeah. It is. And, you're,
2: and I think it's a, a holiday if you're yeah. a state employee yeah. so that you can go and fully participate mm-hmm. in Town Meeting, yeah. which is, which is yeah. great.
0: My challenge, I'm trying to get the Conservation District's election on the ballot. But you know, we're in twenty three towns, so I can't be in oh. a town <laughs> meeting. Just send a yeah. representative. Uh, yeah. Like just send someone. So you gotta get yeah. organized. To mm-hmm. Do that. Yeah. yeah. Like, hey, just set up a zoom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Zoom into all the zoom meetings. Then, Yeah. Zoom yeah. Yeah. In You're not anything. virtual at all, right? Yeah. yeah.
2: yeah. This'll be yeah. the first one where, yeah, we haven't done it, you know, by, you know, either mail in ballot only or remote means. So it'll be it'll be interesting. We're a little out of the habit but from the last <laughs> unusual period of time that we've had. Back to reality, like yeah. real life now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: There's always food. <laughs> <laughs> seems like every town meeting I've been to, there's some nice folks feeding other people. So mm-hmm. <laughs> Always yeah. bring yeah. out you got the party. good flannel. Gotta bring <laughs> out your nicest <laughs> flannel for it. <laughs> <Yay>. <laughs> Go Vermont. God, no, I love it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much yeah. for coming. Mm, thank Thanks. you for
1: having me. Thank, yeah, it was a pleasure. All right. Well, thank you for listening to the Broken Vermont Podcast. This is Erin and Jan. Jan and Aaron.